You are listening to Law and Gospel Email Friday, March the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we've got some emails to share with you. One particular one we talked about last week when I had a letter from an individual, and they were really concerned about their house being haunted. In fact, they gave a number of incidents. For example, she says, a pair of my clogs disappeared from my closet, still not found. Library books disappeared, though I keep them in a designated bag, still not found. And also, they had some uh, basketball tickets in the dining room table. The night before we leave for the game, the next morning we couldn't find the tickets. And then we found them on the dining room table the following day. And they didn't know how it disappeared and then how it appeared again. And then she had some uh, personal incidents when she felt that Somebody was in her room at night, and it wasn't her husband, and etc. So we, we talked about the possibility of a house being haunted, and I gave them a suggestion to check out with their pastor the possibility of having a little worship service in dedication of the house to the Lord. I mentioned this in the four congregations that I'm helping out in central Illinois right now. And to my surprise, there were a number of families who had had the pastor come to their house uh, for a blessing on their house after they had bought it. And I had done that a few times in my ministry. So I suggested to them that they should go to their pastor and check things out. Well, I received a second email from them. Dear Pastor Baker, I can't thank you enough for taking all the time to help me process what was happening here and for the great idea to have our pastor pray here. Uh, Then they indicate what LCMS church they belong to, and they have two pastors. In fact, when they moved into the area, both of their pastors, she said, uh, she got to know through KFUO. And they were on KFUO a number of times. And so they joined that church. And she talks a little bit more about the setting of this home. I had told her in my study that if there were haunted going on there, hauntings, it was sometimes because of water. And she said that, well, we live in an area with 12 lakes within 5 to 15 minutes from us, and there was excessive water damage in the entrance of the home so much that it started raining in the foyer until we had it completely rebuilt from the studs two years ago. The house is on 5.5 acres, 
and we were hoping to eventually put it in a pond, but we're now rethinking that. She also says, as far as occult activity, they, they refuse to read the horoscope when they read the daily paper, and we don't engage in any of these practices. Now, uh, we prayed for them, and interestingly, I, she, she writes this, I think thanks to your prayers, the $200 worth of library books were found this morning although in a super weird place, buried in our seed starting box that I haven't opened since last spring. We found them. Thankfully, I found them. And she indicated they're going to ask the pastors to set up a prayer session in their home. They'll keep us posted and ended with, Truly, Pastor, bless you, bless you, bless you. So thankful. And uh, the name of the husband and wife who are having problems in this house. As I indicated, there is no doubt that one can have their house blessed in a worship service. And, and this is found in the agenda of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I would uh, encourage people, even if their house doesn't even appear to be haunted, to have that happen because there's a lot of accidents that can occur in a house with children, etc. I know when our kids got their children, boy, they, they really fixed all the electrical outlets so the kids couldn't put their fingers in them, and other things. In other words, to child-proof the house. So we're going to be look, looking forward in the future here to see what else is going to be happening. But as I say, there are people who are more involved in this than I am, and as they come back with questions and I'm doing some more study, we may have more we can say about this. The main point I wanted to make is that there's not a need to fear because God promises to be with us, that he'll help us through every problem. And I don't know anywhere in the Bible where someone who is a Christian is possessed by the devil. Those demon-possessed people are unbelievers, and then when Jesus cures them by getting rid of the demons within them, they become believers in him. So there's a real protection that Christians have, but uh, who knows how spirits may operate in a home. In, in fact, it was very interesting that we recently lost a, some papers that we thought we had, and we're not sure where they're at, and we were looking all over for them, but haven't found them yet. And so every house, you know, sometimes you just lose something. It's quite possible that these papers we left back at church, 
and therefore it's just our, our mistake there. But there's no doubt that there are haunted houses. And take a look on the computer. Go to Google haunted houses, and I think you'll be surprised at the many people who believe that their house has some kind of haunting in it. But we believe in the devil, no doubt about it. But we don't have to be concerned because God is with us at all times and he will take care of us as believers. Never will something happen beyond our ability to endure. Okay, that's uh, the one email, and I thought you'd be interested in hearing from them. We have another email where a person is asking about my views on the resurrection and has some other points that they want to make. But let's start off with uh, the views. I really believe that you cannot prove to someone that the Bible is correct. I read about, oh, I don't know, a hundred catechisms. And uh, this is when I got the doctorate. What I found out was many of them didn't start off with the Ten Commandments like Luther did. They talked off with trying to prove that the Bible is correct. And when they try and prove that the Bible is correct, then they're giving the impression that once you believe that, then you're going to be saved. And so I've got an email that indicates that the way to bring someone to faith is to show them how reasonable, logical the Bible is, and that way they'll have faith. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't think there is any reasonable point of view that shows that we can have faith given to a person by arguing with them from a reasonable point of view. In fact, last week's Sunday School lesson from Concordia Publishing House uh, was talking about Jesus appearing to the disciples at the resurrection night. And the law of that lesson, according to Concordia Publishing House, and I agree with them, was that reason cannot be used to bring a person to faith. Instead, the word of God needs to be spoken. I mean, Paul on the road to Damascus came to faith, and not because God reasoned him into it, but because the Holy Spirit gave him faith. So, he has a number of questions here about uh, the resurrection and about a person having faith. Can you have true faith, for example, and not believe certain things? So let me just read to you a couple of things that they were talking about. Is it possible 
to be a Jesus died for me believer and not believe in the resurrection, the virgin birth, that he's the son of God, that he performed miracles. I'm going to say, of course, that's possible. Take a look at the Old Testament believers. Did they know about the virgin birth? Well, it's talked about in the Old Testament that Jesus would be born of a virgin, but it's not something that Adam and Eve knew about or that many knew about until the prophet was inspired by God to talk about that. And the idea that he would perform miracles, who knew that until, well, there were books that talked about that you're going to know he's the Messiah because of the miracles he did. But before that was written, people probably didn't believe that. Now, is it possible to be a Jesus died for me believer and believe in evolution? That's a really good question. And, you know, I have talked a lot against evolution. I think evolution has been a real problem, especially in the area of morality. Because if you believe in evolution, there's no reason you need to be moral. It's very clear that survival of the fittest is what Darwin was talking about in the area of evolution, that those who are more fit to live in a society with environmental changes taking place, etc., they're going to get around. I, I remember reading the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. They had some Sunday school material, and uh, it was about the creation of man, and they had a drawing of man kind of going from a fish to a reptile to a monkey to a man. They actually drew that, and that was the Sunday school material. I mean, that, that's utterly ridiculous that we're from monkeys because the Bible makes clear that on after the first seven days of creation, Adam and Eve were created as living human beings, and they didn't come about because of being monkeys. So, can you believe in evolution and believe that Jesus died for me? Well, the problem is, is that there are a number of public school science teachers who think evolution is correct. And so children are taught this in school. The parents may not even be knowledgeable about how far these science teachers take that ridiculous notion, and they can begin to believe in evolution. Uh, for example, uh, another thing from the Sunday school material in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, they were trying to explain how a giraffe was able, was the fittest of most animals because a giraffe was really an animal with a short neck, but he couldn't reach leaves 
that were higher in the trees. And so what happened, some giraffes got longer necks just because their leaves were higher and they were able to survive more than animals that didn't have longer necks. And that's how you got animals with long necks because those who were able to survive had offspring that had longer and longer necks until you got to the giraffe. Now, I, I, I don't believe any of that nonsense because once you believe in evolution, not only is God no longer necessary because things just happen by chance, but you've got terrible information concerning what are the morality of the world. Uh, for example, we talked a little bit about how there are some German Roman Catholic bishops who are now conducting marriages for gay people. In fact, they had a photograph of a Roman Catholic bishop blessing a gay marriage. Now, what was their argument? They argued that the natural law wasn't really that important. And what they meant by that was the natural law teaches that gay lifestyle is, of course, an abomination to God himself. But because it can happen in the animal world, these kinds of things, then why can't it happen in the human world? Since we humans are, are just more advanced animals than others. I don't know of anybody I ever talked to who was in prison and thought that they shouldn't be in prison because what they had done wrong, they didn't think was wrong. That's why they end up in prison, because they do things that they think is okay. And it's really part of evolutionary thinking that nobody's going to tell me what to do. So, let me answer the question. Can you be a Jesus-died-for-me believer and believe in evolution? Well, I, I think that is possible because you are only taught that a lot of times in public school teachings. And so, it seems to make sense that different kinds of animals came about because of survival of the fittest. And that's why it's so important for parents to stay on top of what their children are being taught also in school and speak out against that. As we know, in Illinois now, public school teachers are forced to teach immorality as a proper way of life. And the schools go so far that if a young girl becomes pregnant out of wedlock and she wants to have an abortion, the school, many of them will not tell the parents, but they will help her have an abortion. I mean, this is a prime reason why men fool around with women 
in in a wrong sense and students. Because why? Well, they're not going to get caught. The student doesn't want the parents to know about it. And so how many of those horrible abortions take place because the kids want to be quiet? Can you believe that Jesus died for me and consider Jesus only a good man? No. He's more than a man. He's divine. Now, you can still have faith. The disciples really didn't know Jesus was God until after the resurrection. So are we going to say that all the disciples, if they had died before the resurrection occurred, that they would not be saved? No, that's not true. They, they did have a faith in Jesus, although they did not recognize him as more than a good man and a miracle worker. So we need to be a little careful because who in uh, even the Lutheran church has perfect theology? This is why we have weekly worship services with sermons weekly Bible studies that members can go to, and a lot of material from Concordia Publishing House that you can read to help you keep in your mind the way God thinks. In fact, we're doing that study on Wednesdays here on Law and Gospel, where Solomon, of course, wrote Proverbs through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that book, we find a lot about how God wants us to behave. So, Jesus says, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain. Now, why would the faith that is able to move mountains not produce figs on a tree out of season? Remember, Jesus goes and he curses a fig tree because it doesn't have any fruit, but it only gets fruit later in its life, and that's normally during the summer. This was not a time for fruit, although it had beautiful leaves. Well, Jesus could have produced fruit on that tree, but that wasn't his point. He was using the fig tree as an example of what the temple was like at that time, that it was a beautiful place. Herod had done a lot of work in making the temple magnificent again, not to the point of Solomon's temple, but very good. And people were remarking how wonderful the stones were and everything. But Jesus cursed the temple because it was not bringing forth proper fruit. Remember, he even had to take a whip into the temple because it was being used to make money for the religious leaders. And people were told that they could buy their way into heaven by doing sacrifices. So that's why the fig tree did not produce figs out of season, because Jesus was using it as an example. 
It's not that Jesus didn't have faith. He could have said, let there be fruit. And we know he did that. For example, in the feeding of the 5,000, he just had a few pieces of bread and some fish, and that was sufficient for Jesus to feed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So there's no doubt that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is really important, but it's not something that you can reason into someone's mind so that they say, ah, yes, now I believe in the resurrection. In fact, I believe that you can believe in the resurrection and not go to heaven. And my examples would be the devils. They knew about the resurrection. But even some of the leading Jewish leaders who put Jesus to death, they not only believed that he rose from the dead, but also Lazarus had been risen from the dead, but they were tricks of Beelzebub, the devil. So, thanks for those emails, and we'll keep the family who has concerns about their house being haunted in our prayers, and anyone else can write me on other items that we'll discuss on the next Open Mic Friday. I'm Tom Baker. On Monday, we'll be taking a look at a lesson for the following Sunday from a law and gospel point of view. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.